Well, hello, EKN Nation. Welcome to edition edition of the EKN Debrief. It is episode number 95. It is Wednesday, May the 4th. And of course, uh, the event on the docket today, the 2022 United States Pro Kart Series Carolina Grand Prix took place just this past weekend at GoPro Motorplex in Mooresville, North Carolina. David Cole, of course, standing by to give us his uh, in-depth thoughts on the weekend as he was trackside for our coverage. Today's show presented by Trinity Karting Group. Trinity Karting Group is your first step on the ladder to racing success. Based at the Motorsports Country Club of Cincinnati, they literally have a track in their backyard and a controlled environment to develop your skills. Trinity Karting Group flattens out the steep learning curve with a professional staff that will put you on the right path. The focus is driver development, and they compete at the local, regional, and national levels, including the Supercarts USA Pro Tour and the United States Pro Card Series. They have new and used packages available, and they are your Midwest sourced for Cart Republic chassis and IAMI engines. Visit them at teamtkg.com or call 513-421-4463. So again, Trinity Carding Group, our presenting sponsor of this edition of the EKN Debrief, episode number 95. My name is Rob Howden. David Cole joining us from beautiful Grand Rapids, Michigan. <laughs> David, back home from uh, the Carolina Grand Prix. All told, a pretty uh, pretty exciting weekend down at GoPro. It's <laughs> excuse me. <laughs> I glass of water. I know, I know. I just had just had a drink, and it just didn't quite go down the right way. <laughs> um, yes, uh, it is sunny here, so that helps. That's good. Uh, very similar to the great weather we had down at Mooresville, North Carolina. It was uh, high seventies all weekend long. Had a bit of a threat of rain, uh, both Saturday and Sunday, Sunday mostly, and thankfully it went north and south of us, so it kind of split up as it came over the mountains, and that was good. But uh, overall, a, another record-setting weekend uh, in terms of numbers, uh, filling up the paddock for the 10th visit to the GoPro Motorplex for the United States Pro Kart Series. Yeah, the event happening this past weekend, as I said, the actual dates, April 28th to May the 1st, down at GoPro, as we talked about. Uh, as we also detailed in our Outlap Preview podcast last week, rounds three and four, but it's an eight-round championship. Drivers counting their best seven races of those eight races. David, David said, 10th season of the program, and David, 10th time. You, they, they visited essentially the unofficial home of the USPKS uh, down there in Mooresville. Yeah, again, as we covered in the outlap, it's the location of the inaugural United States Pro Kart Series event back in April of 2013 when it was the Mooresville Motorplex. Again, it was uh, just opened up. They literally had just finished building the scoring tower when we arrived uh, to cover the event. So they were able because it was really a basically a rental cart track and they had some, uh, you know, a couple of races, I think up until then for club racers. Uh, but you know, they had the garages all set up. They had the cart shop going, uh, you know, they obviously had the front desk area, but, uh, no scoring tower. So they yeah. didn't have a place to score. They were actually scoring inside the, the cart shop, uh, for the club and rental carts and everything like that. So they had to build that tower and that tower has been there now just over 10 years. And, Amazing. uh, uh, it, uh, actually nine years, but for our 10th time being there. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's unique, you know, obviously it's changed. They had the cart sport, North America, new buildings set up, obviously the paddocks expanded now, uh, from what it originally was because of the massive numbers that we're now seeing, not only with, with the USPKS program, but their club programs getting <laughs> no, 300 anyway. entries as well too. So it's, again, amazing. it's, it's, it's a massive amount of, uh, carting going on in that area. 
Well, exciting, right? Obviously, you know, you look at the two really big hot spots of racing in North America, and that would be Indianapolis, Indiana, and Charlotte, North Carolina. Mooresville, of course, is a little bit north of, of Charlotte. And again, uh, they've really done a tremendous job through the rental cart program and be- getting drivers to come in to karting through rental carts into comp- the competition side. And as you said, David, their club is absolutely massive. Uh, and that play, it kind of obviously played in nicely for this particular weekend. But Dave, this past race, uh, 308 entries logged, 323 back in Ocala in uh, in March or yeah March, right? Yeah. So the second ever, uh, second largest ever USPKS event, 308 again over the 300 mark. Uh, just tremendous numbers as, as as we do jump into buy the numbers right now. Just looking at the classes, the smallest class was Masters at 20. Then you go to Microswift at 36, which is still a full field. And then you look at like the highlight of 68 drivers in KA 100 senior. Yeah, nearly had the Microsoft sold out, just came up four entries short of that to match the number we had down in Orlando. Again, you know, you get a little bit more of that Florida love where there's, you know, a lot of drivers who who stay in Florida and only race in Florida. And so that kind of helps that boost that number. And also, again, it's March, it's beginning of the year. Not a lot of racing has gone up and on up until that point. Uh, for a lot of the northern racers who go down but um, you know the majority of of what we see at the club level there in two cycle side of racing is in the k100 division and that's where we had 123 entries in both just senior and junior competitors that's Dude, that, that's, that's the phenomenal number that's a regional race by itself it's bigger right. than a lot of regional races that, you know exactly. and that's the that's the insane side of part of, about it is it's larger than some of the events that are going on across the country that you know call themselves either even a national event yeah. <laughs> and so that's yeah. that's the crazy part about it but again it's that you know that it's that trend of the sport the 100 cc package has really grown back to being you know the more popular side of their sport you know you have briggs on the on the two, on the four cycle side of things and on the two cycle it's the ka 100 Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. 68 in KA 100 senior, 55 in KA 100 junior. We mentioned almost a full field in micro at 36, 44 total. So a full field in mini swift X30 pro and X30 junior 44 and 41 respectively. So even though uh, we we see some of the programs where they have big KA 100 or 100 CC air cooled numbers, the, uh, the, the 125 liquid cooled tag takes a beating. Not so much in the uh, in the USPKS, obviously, because the pro category is still X30. Uh, that's that's where the big money is. That's where the big dogs run. 44 in total, 41 in Masters, and again, 20 drivers in the X30, rather 41 in Junior, and then 20 David in the X30 Masters class. Still a strong a strong field. Probably the biggest Masters class we're seeing nowadays, and one of the most competitive for sure. The number of world drivers, world, not just national, but world drivers yeah. uh, in that field. And so that's what uh, that what that's what's helped boosting that number into, you know, the 20s, uh, both last year and now this year is again. Oh, every one of the USPK events last year, 2021, over 250 entries. We can say, hey, can we be over 300 at every entry, every track this year? Not not sure about that one. The next one's a bit more of a haul for some of the drivers. Not sure if we're going to get over 300 at Road America, but potentially 250. Uh, Nonetheless, just great numbers right now, David. Yeah, I, I for sure see it's over 250 like we did last year at Road America. Again, that was the second time we had gone there, went there in 2020 during the COVID uh, rescheduling uh, year. And so that paid off and, and everybody was excited about that that facility and, and the, 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 the new spread across the, the industry. Because, again, a lot of people have not 
been to road America, uh, in recent years. So it was one of the first national races to be there in, in a number of years. Yeah. And now it's, it, it's be- becoming a destination. It's right in July. So again, summertime, people are able to vacation up into Wisconsin and enjoy the, the warmer weather up in the, uh, the Northern part of the country. Yeah, and Road America, America's National Park of Speed. What a fantastic track it is, of course, for IndyCar, IMSA, whatever it may be. And then, of course, that car track located inside turns six and seven uh, inside the racetrack. Uh, David, uh, here's my question for you. 308 entries at uh, at GoPro. Uh, are, were they like, busting at the seams? Is there is there room potentially to, to go even higher there? Do they? Ha- you mentioned an expanded paddock. Do they have more room there now? Well, when they expanded the paddock last year, you know, they added all around the Cart Sport North America um, building to where it used to be just grass and there was nothing there. So now they have, you know, some broken rock and made it an area for paddocks. So that's good. That obviously helped last year when we were over the 250 mark for entries. What it was this year was there were no RVs inside the paddock. That was that was what they did this year to make sure that we had the space in the room to do that. There's actually there was a little bit more space they could have utilized uh, in that new section. You know, people, everybody had plenty of space. That That's the one thing that there was no complaint about was space. Uh, so it was good. So, again, there's there, there were there were spaces open in the really far back end of, of the paddock and, and along the side part as well. And again, everybody still had comfortable space. Um, so it worked out well. So there is room for growth, you know, obviously parking is very limited when you, when you're outside the racetrack, you know, to at the facility itself in the grassy area, because, you know, again, you get 300 entries, you've got at least 300 cars, if not more, plus all the RVs that they're parking. So it tends to add up. There's still a little bit of room there, but again, you know, I think, I think it's getting close to that max. I think you're at about 80 to 90% right now for the, for the paddock. All right, there you go. That's the, by the numbers uh, for the USPKS Carolina Grand Prix time for our first break at the action. When we get back, we'll jump into the paddock pass. David's got a bunch of uh, stuff that happened outside and away from the racetrack to bring you up to speed on everything that happened. Stay with us folks. More to come here on the EKN radio network. Is IndyCar your dream? If it is for 2022 and beyond, The path from karting to IndyCar has gotten even clearer. It's time to look into the new USF Juniors program. As a stepping stone onto the road to Indy presented by Cooper Tires, Anderson Promotions will debut a new series next season that will provide the ultimate opportunity for driver development for karting's career-minded racers. The new USF Junior Series will feature a six-event, 16-race schedule to train racers for the move into the Cooper Tires USF 2000 Championship. The champion will win a scholarship worth over $200,000, and the total prize fund will exceed $325,000. Next year, the series will utilize the current HPD-powered Liget JS chassis, and a brand new car with a Halo-type device will be introduced in 2023. If IndyCar is your goal, USF Juniors is the starting line. For more information, visit usfjuniors.com and follow USF Juniors on social media. It all started in 1994, when former successful kart driver Albino Perilin decided to move his passion for karting from the track to his small workshop. That's when Perilin was born. 
Fast forward 20 years and Perlin's passion for the sport led to the company rejoining international competitions as a factory team in WSK and CIK FIA races with the aim of enhancing the research and development process, immediately achieving notable results around Europe, North America, and Asia, becoming the CIK FIA Asia Pacific KZ champion in the same year. Parallel USA is North America's source for Parallel products, and we run a factory team at all of the major Supercarts USA and Rock Cup USA events. The Parallel chassis lineup for 2021 includes the Invader Shifter, the Le Mans tag single-speed chassis for junior and senior classes, and the 28mm mini cart for the cadet classes. Parallel has been winning races all over the world. And it's on top of the podium in the USA as well, with drivers like Kai Sorensen, Mateus Arjuela, and Alessandro De Tullio. Get on the chassis that's winning. Drive a Parolin. For more information, head to ParolinUSA.com. Welcome back to episode number 95 of the EKN Debrief, as we're taking a deep dive into the USPKS Carolina Grand Prix which happened this past weekend at GoPro Motorplex in uh, Mooresville, North Carolina. Time to jump into the Paddock Pass right now, brought to you today by Acceleration Cart Racing. Acceleration Cart Racing has everything you need to go racing, from tires to helmets. They have a great website for you to order from, and cart racers ready to pick up the phone and answer your questions six days a week. With over 20 years of cart racing under their belts, Acceleration Cart Racing has the experience to help you succeed on the track. You can rely on them to get the parts you need when you need them. Make Acceleration Kart Racing your go-to source for everything karting. Head to www.shopakr.com. All right, David, a couple things on the script here lining up. What uh, what happened away from the racetrack? I know lots of great stuff on the Paddock Insider as well. Yeah, I opened it up with a, a unique story. <clears throat> And that involved Gary Carlton, Alex Speed. Uh, you know, if, if you've been in the sport a long time, you know that they came up through the ranks very uh, around the same time and, and living in the NorCal area, kind of going competing against one another. And it was a unique uh, story. In 2006, they actually were teammates at the Super Nationals uh, outside the Sam Boyd Stadium. They were actually racing for CRG and PCH Motorsports at yeah. the time. And they actually finished 1-2 with Carlton getting the victory in the Super Pro category, and that was his first ever uh, Super Nationals win there. Uh, so you, you fast forward now to 2022, and the two are you know prominent figures in the industry. You know, Obviously, Alex Speed with Speed Concepts Racing, and now Gary Carlton you know, building now, I think, into the, what, the fifth year of the GFC karting and the chassis and, and the race team itself. So um, they were actually, you know, Gary was there with his driver, Keegan Kaminsky, in the KA100 Junior category. And they were actually pitted underneath the Speed Concepts racing tent. So it was a, a cool pairing to see because, again, a little nostalgia for a lot of those of those of us that have been in industry for a long time can probably consider them probably two of the greatest shift car drivers we've ever seen in North yeah. America. So, uh, you know, really cool to see them working together. Uh, indeed, I, you know, I, I look back and call on those races and watching them come up through the ranks and remembering, you know, Alex running in 60 CC novice at the super nationals. And, and when, uh, Gary kind of first came on the scene in the 125 CC categories, at least for, uh, the racing I was covering, you know, coming through, whether it was running an MBA or on a cosmic with, uh, I think it was cosmic North America at that point. Right. Uh, and, and again, they've, they, they've done so much, right. We've, we've watched what they've been able to do at the top of the game. And then again, now, you know, moving on from being those top shifter car drivers, as you mentioned, two of the best we've ever had in gearbox competition. 
and then into being really core members of the industry. And, you know, like just fantastic to see them get a chance to kind of work side by side. Yeah, very unique, you know, kind of, you know, and then you obviously have Mike Speed there uh, with Alex. So, you know, Mike worked with both Gary and Alex when they yep. were there with PCH Motorsports. They also worked all together, too, at Ocala Grand Prix back, you know, That's in the true. day. And they were very crucial uh, figures for drivers such as Kyle Kirkwood and Oliver Askew, drivers you see in the IndyCar series and now the Formula E program as well, too. Yeah, indeed. Yeah. So many people coming through the Ocala Grand Prix program. One of the other bits that you put on uh, on the Paddock Insider for, which, which obviously we have throughout each trackside weekend, was a little bit on Ashley Rojero and what she's doing with Nitro Kart. Of course, congratulations to Ashley on her recent nuptials as she uh, got married. Um, but yeah, she, uh, with with uh, Nitro Kart and the crew out in California with their Nitro Motorsports program, uh, Ashley kind of taking charge of things a little bit more back with Nitro on the karting side. Yeah, she was the key figure there, you know, making sure everything was in place. And again, still doing the driver coaching that she does weekend and week out. Uh, it was a little bit of a busy weekend because she's double dipping with uh, the SRX getting ready for their upcoming schedule yeah. in the season for their second year. Uh, she has she's a big part of that uh, that program. And so she's, you know, working in the office all day and then coming to the racetrack. And, you know, kind of doing both uh, over, you know, Saturday and Sunday as well, too. So really busy weekend for her as, you know, the SRX program that's going. But, yeah, with Nick, Nick Tucker, owner and founder of Nitro Kart, out with Nitro Motorsports over in Laguna Seca with uh, a former Nitro driver, Brent Cruz, driving the Trans Am car. Uh, yeah, she was kind of put in charge over the weekend. It was, uh, you know, good to see her in that role. Yeah, I think it's, again, you know, I, it's, we kind of get wax nostalgic, right? David, like, you know, I, I say I've been around for 27 something years. Dude, you've been in this thing for 17 years too with us here at EKN. You are EKN as much as I am. So, uh, you've had a chance to watch her come from the very, you know, the very first days really of running in cadet, running in junior and becoming one of the top, uh, drivers in our sport. And, and it's awesome to, again, to see, these younger people come in and really take up key positions within our industry. Yeah. Next to Hannah Greenmeyer, she's Ashley and Hannah are the only two female drivers to win in the X 30 pro division over the United States pro Kart series program. So wow. uh, a lot of history uh, with Ashley uh, in the sport and uh, again, still making, making uh, moments and, and helping and again, being almost kind of what the Alex and, and Gary are now. Yeah. To, uh, to, to to racers that are coming up through the ranks. Yeah, 100%. Uh, David, let's go on to the next one. You've got a uh, little little highlight here saying track limits. Again, a question at GoPro. What uh, What's that got to do with? Well, as you know, it's it's a very popular rental cart track, you know, um, and, and it's something we're, we're very familiar with the AMR Motorplex as well, too, where we see a lot of drivers utilizing the extra space that is paved out at, in certain corners. You know, one of them being obviously turn one, two complex and GoPro motorplex, uh, turn six, the, the tight left hander. And then obviously coming onto the straightaway, there's, uh, you know, the extra runoff room that they have, you know, paved for the, the rental carts. So they're not tearing up the grass as much. Uh, but what they do is they, they put down barriers there to stop you from, you know, ex, you know, use utilizing the entire runoff area that they do have paved. Uh, and we've every time we've gone to GoPro, we've we've seen it there, especially turn six, turn two, and, and the final corner as well. Um, and they they continue to be problems with drivers, you know, smacking those barriers over and over again, track workers having to replace them over and over again 
finally due to a, a, a pretty, pretty gnarly incident in turn six, that barrier was moved out after Saturday, about midway through Saturday because of the incident. I mean, it was literally every single, every single session they had to replace that bar, that barrier. So thankfully, you know, after that incident, it was kind of a cause to say, okay, let's, let's, let's just keep that in the grass. And that's what they did the remainder of the weekend. And we didn't have any other issues in that corner the rest of the weekend. Um, the last corner, you know, you know, it, again, guys just hit it. It bent, bent an axle. It's just, it continues to be a problem. Yeah. You know, unfortunately, you know, we have that balance because really it is a rental cart track. That's, yeah. you know, what their primary business is. You know, they love, motor, they love racing. So, you know, again, they have a, a monthly club race. They let our big, these big events come in and race there, but it just makes things harder when you just don't let them just let them utilize the entire track. If you have it there. Um, I still wish they would revise turn two a little bit somehow, maybe dig it out and, and see what they can do with that. But, uh, who knows what they'll do. Yeah, it is what it is, right? It's part of the character, I guess at GoPro. It is. Uh, yeah. What else, Dave? What else you got? Another thing you say um, they apply to do something for for the tech procedure. For well, the let me go. Let me go into the track limits a little bit more All too. Right. Um, you know, one of the other major incidents we had, and I, you know, I was just looking at it on Instagram to, you know, confirm exactly what happened, make sure the driver was okay. Uh, Santiago Fernandez during the X30 Pro pre-final was going down in the turn eight hairpin. You know, you've been to the racetrack, you know, it's it's a there's a kink in the straightaway and then it's straight down to the hairpin and going straight in the hairpin leads you towards the, the entry area of the last corners. And again, it's a very tight confine, uh, racetrack. And unfortunately he went into that corner and lost brakes. And as he did, he did not attempt to turn the wheel. He just kept it straight, trying to wait, waiting and waiting for it to stop. Unfortunately it didn't stop hit the barrier about 50 miles an hour that sent him up and over the barrier Ouch. and actually across the other side of the racetrack, thankfully in between oncoming traffic. Um, it made for a very scary incident because the cart continued to go through. He actually got knocked out and went into the fence. Thankfully, you know, was able to walk away from after being transported to the hospital for precautions was able to walk away. But, that incident, there was another couple incidents where carts, you know, we have always talked about this with track safety. Carts are going to find a way to get there. And for some reason this weekend, yeah, we had the record number of entries, but I don't think it had anything to do with that. I think it just had to do with chance and circumstances. But carts were finding their ways in, in places where we, we don't normally see them go. Yeah, um, I think that's something that's got to get addressed with the racetrack. I think we need to have more tire walls, more barriers outlining the, the entire racetrack inside. You know, we saw a lot of carts cross paths with the track where they weren't supposed to be. And thankfully we didn't have any major incidents. I think if you recall, one of the big ones we had was at Newcastle Motorsports Park where there was an incident going down to the far end of the racetrack. They got together and they crossed through and didn't have any uh, uh, barriers or anything to stop them went into oncoming traffic and, and a major collision occurred. And thankfully we didn't have that, but I think that again, we need to have these racetracks more properly, you know, barriered. We need more barriers to, to prevent these type of incidents. Yeah. David, you, it's, it's often, oftentimes when you and I go to a track for the first time and you know, we see it with fresh eyes and we're like, wow, like someone could easily come across here or get into whatever it may be. And you know, the, the people that are locally there are like, no, there's no, 
there's no way you could ever get there. And you, because you, <laughs> you and I have seen it so many times. Hey, listen, we've seen a cart get there or, you know, whether it be at a street circuit where people don't want to put hay, hay bales high enough on a fence or on a, a tree. And we're like, a cart can get up there. Trust me. We've seen it before. So I, I understand it. I hear you. Anytime you have a track double back on itself, which happens so many facilities, right? It, there always is a, pops, a possibility for a cart, an errant cart to go across and somehow get into another part of the racetrack. Yeah. And again, for some reason, it just happened this weekend. You know, we've been there 10 different times yeah, right? for United States Pro Kart Series. We've been there for other events. It's just for some reason that popped up so much more this weekend. And again, you know, I, you know, again, I'd love to just go to racetracks and be like, you know, you need to do this. We need to do that. And I think, I think the, the series and the tracks themselves really need to investigate a little bit more into the actual safety of the racetracks they're at. I agree. Yeah. Not, not, uh, uh not, uh, a surprise that could happen at a track, any track, to be honest with you. Any track. All right, All right David, let's go to the next one. What else you got? Something about a new fuel procedure. Yeah, uh, Rick Jump, the technical director of the United States Pro Kart Series, kept the uh, the competitor keeps the competitors on their toes each and every weekend. And this time, uh, you know, fuel was a kind of a, a focus on Saturday. He took the top five from the pre-final, told them to come back 20 minutes before their main event with empty fuel tanks, and he would mix their fuel and oil there in tech barn and, and watch them pour it into their gas tanks. So, uh, and then watch them, you know, push their carts up into the grid area. So kind of a, a small little tech, you know, park for May fuel farm, if you will, yeah, uh, for the, uh, for the top five pre-final finishers on Saturday. So again, you know, trying to keep people on their toes as to, to what's going on. Um, you know, didn't hear any negativity from it. You know, they all complied. They all came back and, and were able to do that. And so, so they brought their own fuel and oil back and mixed it there. No, no. USPKS provide had two jugs of fuel and and enough oil for them to, to, you know, pour it into a container so they can mix it, you know, at the proper ratio that it should be. And then, you know, made sure everybody, you know, was on board with it and saw it. And, and then uh, they would pour that into the actual cart tank uh, on the cart. Oh, I like it. Yeah, there has been some chatter, obviously, as we know, people saying people are cheating with fuel, whatever it may be. So I like it. Well, yeah. And again, that, that kind of brought up my, you know, my talk with them about, you know, well, do we need a like a Park for May fuel farm or something like that to where maybe for X30 Pro, hey, yep. we put, you know, no, you know, you have to go into the fuel section with an empty tank, with empty, you know, container, mix your oil and fuel in there, keep it there. And every time you come off the racetrack, you take the fuel tank off, put it in the you know, fuel farm, you know, your standard park for May type scenario. Yep. But again, that adds, you know, cost. You need space for that, space, you know, as yeah. we know, yep. you know, Orlando, it would, it would have been impossible to do that in Orlando. Um, USBKS at, at GoPro, if he, Newcastle, obviously facility that big and road America, you have room as well too, to yep. do it there. But, you know, again, it's what the racers want. So, you know, they keep claiming that, you know, people are cheating. And so they're trying to find a way to show, Hey, look, we're doing different ways to, to keep, uh, you know, people on their toes and make sure that, you know, tampering is not occurring. What else you got? Let's wrap this thing up for paddock pass. What do you got? Uh, it, for some reason this past weekend was a popular birthday weekend. I think everywhere you, everywhere around the paddock, somebody had a birthday, really? you know, Mike Rollison had one on Thursday. They, you know, they had cake for them. Yep. Aiden Grada, I want to say on either Friday or Saturday was his birthday. 
Uh, Michelle Bailiff had her birthday on the weekend. Uh, Brooke Nachman had her birthday on the weekend. Man. I kid, I kid you not. Literally, almost every tent had a birthday, or at least near another tent. That's funny. And so there was cake flowing everywhere, and there were balloons everywhere all weekend long. So it was, it was a, a, a unique thing. You know, it's uh, you don't typically see that at the racetrack. David, did you partake in some birthday cake? I did. There was a, uh, I did. There were two kind at Rolleston. There was a normal birthday cake and then an ice cream cake. Both were amazing. Uh, Brooke Knockman had a, a good dinner and, and some treats there for her birthday as well. And yeah, so a lot of, uh, a lot of cake uh, was going around the, the paddock. Was Brooke's dad smashing burgers or what? No smash burgers. He actually catered in uh, Saturday because of the birthday. And, uh, you know, had Mike Doty racing over to, uh, to have some grub invited others as well throughout the paddock. And, uh, no, he, I, I think he'll cook next time. I like it. I like, it. all right, folks, that is your edition of the paddock pass brought to you by acceleration cart racing. We get back time to jump into the race report. David will give us the details. We'll start with X 30 pro. We'll do K 100 senior as well. We get back after this break. It's the race report. Winning takes top quality equipment, flawless preparation, experienced coaching, and passion. And at Team GFC, we live our passion. Developed by American karting champion Gary Carlton, the GFC chassis has become one of the newest brands to reach the top of the podium in North America. GFC has garnered victories and championships at all levels of the sport since its debut at the end of 2018. Shipper car drivers are at the front of the field in the GT14 frame, with the SS31 a consistent contender in tag and 100cc competition. Team GFC has arrive and drive packages available for all categories, including the mini and micro classes utilizing the GFC RR5 cadet chassis. These young pilots have the opportunity to be part of the Team GFC Young Driver Development Program. Learn from one of the best American carters with 28 years racing at the highest levels of the sport, offering personalized training on and off the track. Follow GFC Karting on Facebook and Instagram or click over to gfccarting.com to learn more about joining Team GFC. GFC, live your passion. CRG is one of the most iconic brands in karting and we're primed and ready for the 2022 season with new material and a never-ending focus on winning. CRG Nordam is the North American distributor for all CRG products. Based outside of Houston, Texas, CRG Nordam supports CRG dealers across the continent, reaching every corner of North America. The CRG KT5 is our new chassis for tag and shifter racing, and it's been designed specifically for the U.S. market. The KT5 features 30mm construction with a 32mm front loop to increase front grip. CRG's new Ven 13 brake system is cutting-edge technology with a master cylinder that allows for pressure regulation within the system. Drivers can customize brake pressure to their own requirements to improve feel and to avoid brake lockup. The cart is finished with new KG 507-508 bodywork that has refined aerodynamics and reduced weight. For cadet drivers, the 2022 CRG Black Mirror is already logging positive results to start the new season. This chassis will be making big waves in 2022. Longtime CRG drivers will be happy to know that the CRG Road Rebel 
the standard in quality and performance is still available. With four cycle racing enjoying consistent growth in North America, CRG's FS4 chassis is the ideal choice for racers in Briggs and Stratton competition. From pure racing to karting entertainment, many tracks, both indoor and outdoor, have made the switch to the CRG Centurion rental cart line. Five different models for both gas-powered or electric engines can fit any track's needs for a new rental cart fleet. CRG Nordam has a full inventory of rental carts available for new and existing facilities. For more information on the CRG product line, head to www.cartcrg.com and to inquire about a North American dealer near you, please email us at info at cartcrg-nordam.com. Welcome back to episode number 95 of our EK and Debrief as we take a deep dive into the United States Pro Kart Series Carolina Grand Prix Rounds 3 and 4 of the program held at GoPro Motorplex in Mooresville, North Carolina. My name is Rob Howden, joined by David Cole as we jump into the race report brought to you by Comet Kart Sales. History, success, family. These are the three words that describe Comet Kart Sales, one of the longest tenured karting businesses in the United States. The family-owned operation is located just outside Indianapolis and has provided carts, parts, and services for thousands of racers in the near six decades of business. Their online store features everything you need, and they are continually adding new parts to their product line. Make sure you head to CometCartSales.com or call, uh, call them at 317-462-3413 to be part of the Comet Cart Sales family today. All right, David, let's jump into the race reports. X30 Pro, I'll throw out the headline. You fill in everything else. Here's the headline for X30 Pro. Norberg extends streak to four with double win weekend. It was a double win weekend, but it was not a sweep similar to what we saw at Orlando at his home racetrack. It was Paulie Massimino defending his home turf at GoPro Motorplex on the Ryan Perry Motorsport Tony Cart, that set fast time in qualifying, was able to win the pre-final as well. Norberg actually finished third in that race, so he had to work his way up into the lead and did so within the first two lap or first four laps of the race. And basically, Norberg from there went on to re- lead the remainder of the race, was unchallenged and driving away to a three point two margin of victory. Man, this guy's having a good season already, is he not? I mean, uh, if he if he would have raced in January at the Scusa Winter Series, I'd say it'd be a perfect season so yeah. far. But uh, uh, yeah, other than that, you know, he did really well at um, at the Scusa Winter Series second event, and uh, and then now has four victories uh, on his on his record. You know, certainly is uh, showing a dom. You know, didn't do that last year for the no. championship, so uh, has put himself. Really in the driver's seat, you know, he's really got to get through Road America and I think uh, could have the provisional wrapped up by then. Yeah, I was thinking just right there was, man, he's like, what else you got to do to cap things off here? Like this guy's really in a position to go after another championship. Norberg's win 3.293 seconds over Pauli Massimino on the Tony. Colin Warren comes in third on the Cart Republic. Cameron Weinberg on the CRG in fourth. And Austin Garrison, who was really good out of the gate uh, in his return to, to competition on the red speed, ends up in fifth spot. Uh, David Hard Charger in, in the race number one on Saturday. Donovan Benia on a Cosmic, up 21 spots, started 37th, ends up 16th. Yeah, but the show was Weinberg, uh, moved up 15 spots and had wow. fast lap of the race on that CRG uh, with uh, you and Jeffrey and Tony Tesoro 
uh, working together with him. Yeah, it was a it was a pretty quick uh, performance, and again showed the same thing on Sunday. Sunday we went in with Garrison setting fast time on qualifying, and then Norberg coming out with the pre-final win. Norberg, uh, you know, with pole position was able to jump out to the lead, but Weinberg was quick early, slotted himself there in third spot. Garrison was running second. Essentially, Garrison waved him by, uh, knowing Weinberg was right behind him. You know, thinking, okay, maybe Weinberg's going to be a little bit quick in the early laps, and then we'll be able to work together and try and get down, get to Norberg. Yeah. Unfortunately, it didn't happen. You know, they were uh, Norberg's pace was just really consistent and really fast all race long, as he would go on to win for a fourth time in a wire to wire victory. Man, what a what a weekend for Norberg. 2.82 seconds was the gap between first and second. Weinberg in third. Uh, Austin Gareth, or rather Weinberg in second. Austin Garrison in third. Uh, Dalton Haynes, David, uh, local driver, P4. Pretty solid run for Dalton. Yeah, it was a good battle uh, at the end of the race. It was actually Hayden Jones and Nate Cicero that were kind of leading the fight for that fourth position. Uh, but they would get shuffled back late as Dalton Haynes jumped up into the fourth spot. And then senior rookie Justin Atticonis moved up into the fifth spot on the LN racing cart with Mike Doty racing. Uh, hard charger Ryan Vincent on the EOS up 22 spots. Very similar to what Benia did on Saturday, 37th up into 15th. Yeah, again, yeah, pre-final issues. You know, we got a little bit more rubber left on the tire, so it kind of helps get you uh, get you those extra spots there in the main event. Yeah, maybe that little bit more, right? Uh, let's move to KA100 Senior, another one, obviously the other headline kind of category within the USPKS program. Here is the headline. Fletcher and Stanfield provide Tony Cart sweep. This category, as we know from Orlando, had a lot of fireworks. And then again, it was it was pretty much the same thing again at GoPro. Not so much the the uh, I, I would say it was a little bit calmer in terms of of blatant uh, acts by drivers. Um, you know, more it was just a little bit more racy. Uh, obviously, there's still going to be contact. Again, you got a lot of drivers, you know, 60 some in the field. Got it down to what they did, I think, was 44 drivers at this racetrack. I don't know why they changed. I don't know why they changed the number, but they did. So they made it the main events 44 in the senior. Not quite sure why they did that. But, uh, uh, <clears throat> but uh, you know, home track advantage certainly helped. Massimino was the top qualifier. Ended up winning in the odd pre-final with Chase Hand with the Rollison Performance Group entry winning the even race. Uh, the main event, again, multiple leaders, a lot of different drivers in the mix throughout the 22-lap race. <clears throat> in, the, in the end, though, it actually was Alex Stanfield that crossed the line with the provisional victory. Unfortunately, he suffered a penalty for contact with John Burke. That promoted Jeremy Fletcher up into the P1 position, but he was assessed a pushback bumper penalty. But that was overturned after video review. So he was then given back the top step of the podium. And that was his uh, first KA100 senior victory at UPS comp- USPKS competition. I tried to watch the video that of the penalty on Stanfield. I, I just couldn't identify it anywhere. Did you, did, did you, was there a lot of conversation about that? I didn't see the action that happened. He's, he, you know, I asked Stanfield, he said, yeah, I got into John Burke and Burke was, uh, you know, obviously upset and said, you know, he took him, you know, Stanfield took him out. I'm not quite sure exactly when it happened. It okay, might've happened. Maybe it wasn't the video I was watching. Okay. I don't think it was a video you were, that you thought you saw. Um, I think it happened er, earlier in the race. Okay. I want to, 
let me pull if I can pull up the lap chart here. You pulled up because I, as I was looking at, I just I was watching the last like couple like that last lap, last whatever. No, it wasn't the last lap. I'm like, there's no contact. I don't get no. this. Okay, earlier um, in the race, then that makes sense to me. I'm pulling it up here. Yeah, it could have been with two to go, possibly. Let me see here. No, you keep. Looking, yeah, it was David. early earlier in the race because because right. Burke was leading uh, lap eight lap seven and they got shuffled back to third so it could have been possibly during that time so somewhere i think it was somewhere in the middle of the race because there was actually a time when burke was in the lead group and then kind of got shuffled back actually raced his way up, up, up a little bit more copy that uh aiden levy ends up getting the third spot of the fa cart stanfield as we talked about penalized down into p4 uh john burke uh, the two that got together ends up in fifth position as david has said uh David Dalton Haynes, though, I guess was P4 uh, based on your notes here, but he had a pushback as well. Yeah, he was he was in the mix uh, on a two, 2018 top cart was uh, really. Yeah, was quick in the K division, you know, it. actually ran double duty this weekend and uh, was P4 across the line. But a pushback bumper penalty dropped him because of how tight the field was. Where did he go back to the 10th spot? So, so again, also Dalton, also the winter in the vintage category then what you're saying. Kind of. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> well, the only category. top cart there, that's for sure. Wow. That's awesome. 2018 top cart, a uh, hard charger Kingston Himes in the Tony cart up 15 spots. Seems to be the uh, starting spot for all these guys moving forward. David back in 37th. Yeah. Something about that number just right? kind of, kind of helps people move up. Let's go to uh, Sunday. Obviously, qualifying all taking place on the Friday afternoon. Tyler Wettengill was the quickest driver for uh, for Sunday's KA100 action. Yeah, unfortunately, contact on the opening lap of their pre-final took him out of the race. Not exactly sure uh, what occurred. I know it did happen in turn forward bowl section. Uh, just He just said he got taken out and uh, looked like there was no penalty for the contact. So, again, I'm not quite sure. He claimed it was uh, Fletcher and a couple others that uh, that got into him, but uh, no penalty was assessed. Fletcher went on to score the race win in that pre-final with Massimino winning the even pre-final to put those two drivers uh, on the front row. They were among the different leaders uh, throughout the race. Actually, Fletcher got uh, shuffled back uh, after a couple a couple laps uh, due to a flat tire and eventually retired out of the race. So, uh, so that kind of hurt him after that victory on Saturday. Yeah. But uh, Massimino was up there with Alex Stanfield, John Burke, Aiden Levy, and Diego Ramos was able to pull in and make it a five driver breakaway there for the for the victory. It all boiled down to the last lap when John Burke was leading the way. Went defensive into turn one. Pauly Massimino, obviously his home race track, a GoPro Motorplex, timed to run perfectly through turn one. Did the over-under on him as they went through t- turn two. Burke actually looked over his left shoulder. As he did that, Massimino went to the right side of Burke with a massive run along up alongside of him. And they were literally side-by-side side against one another. And as they went up into turn three, the two made contact and it just shoved the shoveled shuff shoved both of them off of the racetrack up going up the hill in turn three. Oh wow. Uh, taking taking both of them out of contention for the victory. Uh no penalty was called, not quite sure. I think it was, you know, again, side by side contact. Some people claim that Burke turned into him. Um not quite sure. But again, when you when you look over your shoulder to the left side, you kind of pull a little bit to the right. So again, not quite sure 
uh, if a penalty was needed or not. But again, took both of them out of the race. That gave uh, Levy the actual lead going in through the final few corners, but Alex Stanfield was able to make a great move through the double right-handers and then hold it on to the checkered flag for his second victory on this. Again, uh, as I said, uh, very close up front uh, between Stanfield and Diego Ramos, first and second. Uh, Aiden Levy ends up in third. Adrian Cruz on the expiry up to fourth. And Dalton Haynes rounding out the top five on that top card, as David said. But, David, he was P4, I think, across the line. Another pushback for Dalton? Yeah, another pushback for, for Dalton. He came across the line fourth, you know, after the contact with with Massimino and uh, and Burke. So uh, no camera. So he's uh, he was unable to uh, to review it and uh, have it taken away. But it only dropped him to fifth. So it wasn't a, as big of a, a drop for him. No doubt. Uh, hard charger Gavin Bailiff on the Cart Republic up 28 spots, started 38th, was able to work his way up to 10th. Sorry, it was clear my throat there. <laughs> yeah, Gavin right. actually ran the uh, the X30 category Thursday, Friday, and Saturday and decided for Sunday to switch over to KA. Wasn't right. quite having any good luck with the X30 program. So started last in pre-final even, gained 14 spots to qual- transfer his way into the main event. And then gained another 28 spots in the final. So a good uh, 42 spots gained over the two different races for Gavin Bailiff. A little more fun, right? Get a chance to pass some carts. Yeah, that's always fun. No doubt. All right, folks, on the break in the action, we get back to the race report brought to you by Comet Cart Sales. We'll have a look at X30 Junior, KA100 Junior, and X30 Masters. Leading Edge Motorsports is the industry answer to winning in karting. At the helm is industry veteran Greg Bell, who has orchestrated the success of many drivers dating back to the mid-1990s. Based in Lodi, California, Leading Edge Motorsports is the Western importer with IP karting that includes the Praga and Formula K chassis brands. Leading Edge Motorsports provides in-depth driver development for those racers in Northern California and across the country. Arrive and Drive Services, Cart preparation and driver coaching are available under the LEM tent throughout the season. Bell's record of working with drivers includes recent victories at North America's biggest karting events, including the Rock the Rio and the Scusa Super Nationals. Greg Bell's knowledge for building engines spans two decades and is now under the Mega Power branding, providing reliable engine service and tuning knowledge. No matter the chassis brand, choose Mega Power to get to the front. Click over to LeadingEdgeMotorsports.com for more and find them on social media to stay connected. At Leading Edge Motorsports, winning never gets old. You can buy all the latest and greatest products on the market, but when you're carting to win, it boils down to one thing, you the driver. Gain the knowledge and abilities by investing in yourself at the Allen Rudolph Racing Academy and you'll find those extra tenths of a second you need to put yourself on the podium. The school was established by Supercarts USA Hall of Fame driver Allen Rudolph with decades of victories and championships in multiple forms of the sport including other disciplines of racing. The Allen Rudolph Racing Academy located at the Speed Sports Racing Park in the metropolitan Houston area is designed to teach driving skills at all levels. The instructors of the academy have decades of racing experience and educating drivers of all ages. 
classes at the Academy will teach the concepts and skills needed both behind the wheel and off the track. From the beginning kart racing experience and intro to karting courses, to their advanced one-day and two-day courses and karting clinics, the Allen Rudolph Racing Academy can improve the skills of any driver. For more information on the specific programs that the Allen Rudolph Racing Academy can provide for you, head to speedsports.com and click on the Racing Academy page. Be sure to follow the Academy on social media by searching for Allen Rudolph Racing Academy. Welcome back to the EKN Radio Network in episode 95 of our EKN Debrief, our race report podcast. And of course, today discussing this past weekend's United States Pro Kart Series Carolina Grand Prix from GoPro Motorplex. Rob Howden alongside David Cole as we jump into the X30 Senior Class. Again, this is the race report presented by Comet Kart Sales. Here's the headline for X30 Junior. Gaffera and Ingrata earn second wins of season. Yeah, same winners we saw in Orlando did the exact same thing, winning on the same days they won down at the Southern Grand Prix, did so at the Carolina Grand Prix. Saturday was Gaffer's turn with uh, top time in qualifying and winning the pre-final, and it was a two-driver getaway in the main event with him and Garcia uh, battling it out for the victory. Garcia was leading on the final lap and actually left the door open in the final corner. Gaffer took advantage, went down to the inside, and they drag race to the line, and Gaffer was able to take the Gaffer was able to take the victory by four tenths of a second over Garcia. Can't leave that door open, right? It happens all the time at that racetrack. Gaffer yeah, it's tu- it's it's a tough place to defend, you know, because it it's up and over a hill, and so if you defend, you get don't quite get a good run uh, coming out of it, and if you do, you're able to maybe hold off at the line, but if you don't. Uh, that driver could easily pull the over-under on you and uh, and get you at the line for the victory. So Gaffer's win, again, four-tenths of a second over Garcia. Uh, Sebastian Weldon on the LN card ends up in third spot. Jorge Ortiz on the Tony card in fourth. And Enzo Vidmontien uh, up into fifth spot into the Cosmic. Uh, David Hardcharger, Emma Kate Scarborough on the Cosmic. Uh, 19 spots up. Started all the way back in 40th and got up to 21st. Yeah, good, uh, good data day for her able to, you know, figure out, uh, you know, how to pass in the, in the category. I think just a recent graduate up into the X30 junior division. So uh, I think she's raced the K100 division. So uh, yeah, good, uh, good uh, day to, uh, to end almost into the top 20. Yeah, indeed. Again, lots of passing opportunities. Well, we said that before. When you start at the tail of the field, a lot of learning opportunities for the young drivers. Uh, let's move to Sunday. Um, Sebastian Weldon, of course, on the Friday afternoon qualifying session, laid it down. He started on the pole position. He did so. Unfortunately, was unable to stay uh, at the front of the field. Stayed towards the lead pack, but uh, wasn't able to come away the pre-final win. That went to Max Garcia. Uh, the main event, again, including Weldon, Garcia, Ingrata, uh, Caleb Gaffera, Jacob Kular, a number of different drivers all in the mix. It was actually a really good race. You know how I said in the outlap that we'd see a lot of uh, attrition and, and wrecking? We actually didn't see that in this category, so I was really happy right. to see that. Uh, obviously, a couple here and there. We did see some contact, though, and that essentially, with two laps to go, took out Caleb Gaffera. And Jacob Kular, as they uh, entered the turn four bowl corner, uh, a little bit of contact sent them off into the to the wall there, uh, and took that uh, their chances for victory away. Uh, that con- the shuffling continued up front, and then Ingrata was able to uh, to get up and grab that top position, and then again defensive through some of the corners, and then in the final corner, 
and just barely hung on at the the start finish line with the checkered flag winning by 41 thousandths of a second ahead of Max Garcia. Yeah, big win for Ingrata. Good points weekend, though, David, for Max Garcia. A couple of second-place runs. He wins the pre-final on Sunday as well, so lock at the points in for this year-long challenge. Uh, Ernesto Rivero coming home in third in the Cosmic. Ortiz again back on the podium uh, in the fourth spot, as did Weldon. Weldon third on uh, Saturday, fifth on Sunday. Hard charger, Michael Costello. Hey, he started in 37th again. <laughs> That's the place to start, potentially. Uh, 37th yeah. to 18th. Yeah, right. 19 spots up for Michael Casella. Yeah, he had top 10 speed all weekend long, just had a bit of an issue in the pre-final on Sunday and uh, was able to almost get back up into the top 15. Let's go into KA100 Junior. Here's your headline. Mesa grabs first as Garcia retains point lead with second triumph of 2022. Yeah, a little longer of a title there, but it had was, it was, was still stretch, good. Yeah. That's a it was good. To the headline, David. It was, you know, <laughs> you know, I, I got to keep the wording down a little bit more. That's all right. Um, yeah, Saturday, Mesa was the driver to beat. You know, went out and set fast time qualifying, won the odd pre-final, while Max Garcia ended up winning the even pre-final. Um, in this one, yeah, it was a, it was a good battle. A lot, you know, Mesa was able to get away to a pretty good lead, but a good group, you know, about four or five drivers running nose to tail were able to run him down. They caught him, they passed him, but Mesa was kind of, as he said in the interview with me, was kind of saving his stuff, knowing they were going to catch him, and uh, was able to work his way back up into the point. And then once he was able to do that. Uh, was able to hold them off through the final uh, circuits to be able to score his first ever U.S. PKS victory. Yeah, strong run for Elio. Uh, uh, Garcia ends up in second. Cooper Shipman third in the Tony Kart. Parker DeLong on Tony as well in fourth. And Stephen Miller on the Cosmic rounding out the top five. couple different hard chargers, and I like the way you line this up, David. Caleb Gaffera up 28 spots, got wrecked in the pre-final, goes from 43rd up to 15th. We'll talk about that one first, and then we'll jump in to the driver who came through the last chance qualifier, Max Taylor on the LN cart, wins the LCQ, and then goes up 25 spots to 16th. Two really good stories there. Talk about Gaffera first. Well, both through the LCQs. You know, that's the reason Caleb was 43rd, okay. uh, you know, because, uh, you know, he, he, he was the, I, I think he was supposed to be fourth. I think he was 44th. So, again, Race here only gives us so many numbers. I'm not quite sure what happened there, but he actually finished fourth in the LCQ, was able to work his way and transfer uh, into the main event after getting wrecked in that pre-final. Again, he was among those in the lead group. I think it was Keegan Kaminsky, uh, Gaffera, and then I think Taylor was also involved as well, too, in that wreck. So Taylor was able to get uh, up to the uh, the lead and score the win in the LCQ. So it was really Taylor and Gaffera kind of working you know, up through the field together in the main event. And uh, Gaffer got 28 spots. I think Taylor actually might have uh, crossed the line ahead of him and got a pushback bumper penalty, but uh, not quite sure. But they were they were certainly on track together all throughout the main event uh, for this one. And, you know, almost got, uh, you know, into the top 10, but 15 and 16 for them. Uh, both Taylor and Gaffer having better days on Sunday, but let's get started with... Uh the Sunday top qualifier again, Friday afternoon, all the qualifying Adam Brickley on the cart Republic for Trinity, David getting the, uh, the top qualifying position. 
Yeah, home track driver, uh, Michigan native, now living on, in Mooresville, North Carolina, certainly uh, used the home track knowledge to his advantage, was able to set fast time in qualifying and then win the odd pre-final while Max Taylor came away with the even pre-final victory, uh, bouncing back from that uh, that Saturday that he had there. Uh, unfortunately for Brickley, he would be retire early as he had an actual chassis uh, issue Uh take him out of the race uh, about midway through the race. He was in the lead pack that, uh, that saw a number of drivers kind of dicing it up front, including Max Garcia, who actually started the race in the eighth spot and led a majority of laps, uh, multiple lead changes. But every time he would get past, he would go right back to the front again. Nice. And, uh, and when he did, he kept returning back up into the front and was able to hold off uh, a host of drivers uh, coming to the line to win the uh, the second time for the season by 64 thousandths of a second. Uh, Parker Long coming home in second. Caleb Gaffarez just had a better day than he had uh, on Saturday. He ends up P3 uh, to cap the podium. Cooper Shipman and Elio Mesa in fourth and fifth. Uh, Cameron Reed, David, with the hard charger position, 41st all the way up into 14th, having won the LCQ. Yeah, able to uh, to score that win, had a pre-final uh, issue that uh, took her out of that race and uh, was able to come, come through and score the win in that LCQ. And uh, again, a good good amount of passing done, 27 spots. Uh, Taylor, who won that pre-final on Saturday, ended up finishing in the sixth spot in the main event. So nice. a good a good recovery for him as well. What a weekend for Max Garcia. Before we jump into X30 Masters, let's just have a quick look at this, right? Second, second, uh, second and first. Three second place and one win uh, in the two K, uh, the two junior categories. That's, that's an amazing weekend. Yeah, very solid weekend. Again, Kart Sport North America's home tracks. He's been there multiple times. Uh, did really well in the club races. No, you know, does really well at this racetrack. And again, he's got... Uh, uh, Daniel Tate working the wrenches, uh, another cart sport, North America guy. And, uh, it's a really good tandem. They have, they have a really good thing going under the MPG tent this weekend, uh, aboard the willpower cart as well. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's gonna, in the long run, he, again, he's been consistent. I think that's something we've seen throughout his career is he being agreed. consistent and trying to stay out of trouble. And, uh, this was one of those weekends. Always solid decision-making, right? Out of max, it seems like we see. Yeah, I would say so. Uh, yeah, doesn't make, you know, might might make an error to here, but nothing that's going to, you know, implicate him into losing a lot of positions. Just maybe, hey, not not doing this properly or this, but I think he's still getting, you know, learning that that type, yep. that type yep. of racecraft and, and what to do and what not to do. So definitely one of our top um, juniors. Yeah, sure. just, you know, I like I said, I would consider him one of the most consistent racers that we've seen over the last five years at this age group. All right, let's go to X30 Masters. Here's the headline. Romalho earns third with RJD ending streak. Yeah, it didn't look like he was going to take the victory on Saturday as Renato Jotter David and Mario Barrios showed speed, both uh, one winning qual or setting fast time and qualifying, with Barrios winning in the pre-final. Romalo actually uh, started, I think, third in the main event, but by lap four was up into the lead and was able to drive away. Uh, Scott Roberts put on a charge late in the race, looked like he was the quickest cart on the track, but just kind of ran out of time as Ramallah was able to go on to score the victory, his third straight by 1.4 seconds after 22 laps. 
as David had mentioned, Romalho getting chased down by Scott Roberts, Mario Barrios in the third spot, uh, Renato Jader David ends up in fourth, and Martin Stone on the Cosmic, rounding up the top five. Uh, hard charger on a red speed, Shane Connolly up six spots, started 19th, ended up 13th. Yeah, there wasn't a lot of change for position in, in the main event on Saturday. Sunday would, would change things up as we saw drivers have issues on pre-finals and kind of work their way forward. Uh, one of those being Romalo. Uh, as we said, one on Saturday, but an issue in the pre-final took him out of the race. It was I uh, went and talked to him. He said it was something in the coil, something in electronics that uh, that went away in the engine. So uh, he actually ended up starting the main event on Sunday from the 17th position. Uh, Scott Cop was the top qualifier, but didn't come out winning the pre-finals. Renato Jader David was able to score that win. And it was uh, he and Scott Roberts that were up front for the majority of the race. Um, but the show was obviously Romalo coming up from the 17th position. And with about two laps remaining, Romalo was into the third spot and was able to close up on the leaders really quick as they were fighting for the lead, both uh, with uh, Roberts and Yadder David. Um, as they made their way through the double right-hand corners exchanging position, Romalo charged up and got inside of Scott Roberts as they went to the kink before the final corner. Roberts and Romalo made contact. They both went sliding off the racetrack, essentially allowing Renato Jotter David a cruise control pass as he went on to take the checkered flag for uh, his first victory of the season. Wow, a bit of excitement there at the end. Uh, 1.461, the gap between uh, Renato Jotter David and Mario Barrios coming across the line. Scott Cup ends up third, Martin Stone fourth, and Laurent Dumardin on the Technicart rounding up the top five. Mardan, David, actually. Uh, the hard charger started back at 18th, uh, jumping up the fifth and getting a little bit of advantage there, you know, a couple spots on, the, on that last lap. Yeah, it was uh, essentially following Romalo through, um, had an issue in the prefinal, went off the racetrack uh, after the first lap. Not quite sure if it was mechanical or there was contact that uh, that he was forced off uh, into the pit lane. But uh, yeah, he had a good drive uh, up up through the field and uh and, and was kind of just right there, just kind of ran out of time to get any more space or any more spots uh, in the end. But the, obviously the contact from Romalo and Roberts gained him two more positions as Romalo finished ninth and then Roberts fin- ended up in the 12th position. All right, another break here in this edition of the Debrief. When we get back, we'll wrap up the race report brought to you by Comet Cart Sales with Mini Swift and Micro Swift. Are you ready to go from carts to cars? Since 1975, the Skip Barber Racing School has taken great drivers and made them champions. Today, we're proud to welcome the next generation of winners. Make the transition from carts to cars with the Skip Barber Formula Race Series. You'll compete at the most iconic tracks in America. Race weekends include your very own equalized Formula 4 race car, a professional crew, expert instruction, video and data analysis, hospitality, and more. This is the place to fulfill your dream of becoming a champion. Sign up today by calling 866-932-1949 or visit us at skipbarber.com. All over the karting world, everyone knows OTK is the gold standard for quality and performance. In the U.S., OTK USA is the source for all things OTK. From the legendary Toady Kart brand to the race-winning Cosmic and Xpree chassis 
and now the new Red Speed and EOS brands, OTK quality is second to none. All five brands are winning races and championships across the country in national programs like the Rock Cup USA Florida Winter Tour and the Challenge of the Americas, the Scusa Pro Tour and Winter Series, and the Pro Kart Challenge, the United States Pro Kart Series, and the WKA Manufacturers Cup. And OTK products are also front and center on the podium of club and regional races from coast to coast. To learn more about a specific product line, you can find the OTK USA dealer near you, whether it's Tony Kart, Cosmic, Xfree, Red Speed, or EOS, visit www.otkusa.com. Specific chassis territories are still available, so kart shops interested in adding a winning component to their product lineups can contact OTK USA directly. Welcome back to the EKN Radio Network in episode 95 of our EKN Debrief as we uh, take a deep dive into the USPKS Carolina Grand Prix from GoPro Motorplex. David Cole giving us the full rundown, having been trackside throughout the weekend. Here's your mini Swift headline. Let's get started here with the race report. The last couple of categories, Harvick doubles up. Nice and clean, nice and short. Short and sweet. Short yeah. and sweet. Uh, again, another home home driver, another GoPro regular, another uh, driver who has plenty, hundreds and hundreds of laps on this racetrack. Uh, Ke- Keelan Harvick uh, was able to set fast time in qualifying, win the odd prefinal, while Carson Weinberg won the even prefinal. But it ended up being Jack Eilif, the driver who we've seen race up over in Europe over the last uh, two seasons with uh, Parolin and now you know, back here in the U.S. with Iron Rock Motorsports, but aboard the Parolin still. Uh, they were the the top two drivers uh, in the main event. They were essentially nose to tail the entire distance, kind of exchanging the lead here and there. And it all boiled up to the last lap when uh, they went to the hairpin corner down there, uh, turn eight, and Harvick went on the defensive line and essentially owned the apex he uh you know normally you see drivers go in and then drift really wide well he hugged that inside of the corner really tight and uh Iliff was at looking to do the over under well unfortunately harvick was right there and all Iliff could do was just slam into the back of uh harvick's rear bumper that really closed uh slowed his pace down and also also i think even gave him a a pushback bumper uh issue as they uh, they they continued on and, and uh, rolled to the checkered flag with Harvick taking the win by about uh, eighty eight thousandths of a second, uh, but again Iliff suffered a, uh, a three second pushback bumper penalty, so was able to hold on to the second spot, missed out on scoring the victory, but uh, again all in all ended up still finishing in the runner up position. Uh, pre-final winner Carson Weinberg ends up in the third spot. Lucas Palacio on the cart Republican fourth and Oliver Weldon on the LN cart rounding out the top five. Devin Waltz, the hard charger in the race up 14 positions, started 33rd, ends up 19th. Yeah. was able to get through without even the last chance qualifiers. So had an issue in the pre-final, but uh, was able to, uh, to make up some good ground in that uh, main event. Uh, David, just as he did in, uh, for the Saturday uh, qualifying session on Friday afternoon, Harvick was a qualified P1 for Sunday as well. Pre-finals won by both Jack Iliff and Kai Johnson. 
Yeah, Iliff and Iliff was able to beat out Harvick for the prefinal win in the odd race, while Kai Johnson scored the win in the even. So that put them on the front row with Harvick starting third. And those three drivers were able to work together and get away from the rest of the field to uh, decide the race. Iliff uh, led the entire distance up until the final lap, and that's when the action really heated up. Uh, Harvick went for a move into the double right-hand corners. This allowed, as they push wide, this allowed Kai Johnson to go from third to first on the exit of the double right-hand corners. And then you thought, okay, everything's done now. You know, that was it. No, they went into the final corner. Kai Johnson did a little bit of defense, defensive line and, and, uh, I live, was looking to kind of pull the over under, but Johnson, I think kind of did that slow maneuver to kind of woe their, their momentum yep. up a little bit. Well, this allowed Harvick, who is now running third to pull the over under on both of them and go all the way from the outside of the exit to the inside of the racetrack as he was able to edge out Kai Johnson at the line by five thousandths of a second. Wow. So he got the big run on them coming down the front straight away. Yeah, again, if you get slow through that final corner, it's going to hurt you going down the hill to the checkered flag. And so you got to get through that last corner clean. Unfortunately, you know, a little bit of contact between Johnson and Iliff kind of bogged them down a little bit and just enough for Harvick to get that big run. Five thousandths of a second at the line. Harvick over Johnson and Iliff. Weinberg ends up in the fourth spot and Max Christia on the Burrell Art capping off the top five. Travis Pettit on the CRG up 16 spots as the hard charger in the race, David. Uh, won the LCQ, started 36, ends up 20th. Yeah, won the LCQ, so was able to qualify his way into the main event and uh, was able to get 16 spots aboard the CRG. Let's move to the MicroSwift category to cap off this edition of the Race Report, brought to you by Comet Cart Sales. Here's the MicroSwift headline. Woon earns series first and second over weekend. Yeah, Woon, uh, Nitro Kart driver, was actually driving aboard a Perlin, though, on the weekend, but tent, uh, pitted with the uh, the Nitro Kart crew, uh, had the Nitro Kart colors uh, uh, on, the, on the side of the cart, uh, and you expect, you know, being the nitro cart home, home track that they would do, uh, fairly well. And there were a number of nitro carts that were up, uh, towards the front of the field. It was actually Marco Samut who was the top driver in qualifying aboard the LN cart. And he was able to win the pre-final. Fortunately, he got shuffled back, uh, at the start of the race as Woon and Jackson Gibson were able to jump out front and kind of get away from the rest of the field. Jackson took the lead briefly here and there, but uh, Woon was able to hold him off and and grab the lead and score the victory for his first USPKS triumph, uh, edging out Gibson at the line by 66 thousandths of a second. Yes, Samart ends up in the third spot. Bowen Green in fourth on the comp cart. Benja Fernandez on the uh, cart Republic rounding out the top five. Parker Ives on a nitro, though, with the hard charger run from deep in the field. 21 spots up. David, a DQ in the pre-final starts 35th, ends up 14th. Yeah, he was a top contender all weekend long, running within the top five. And again, unfortunately, had the disqualification in the pre-final, which put him back. But it got a good amount of passing done in the main event to get up to 14th. Let's have a look at the Sunday action. Kai Mars in the Cart Republic actually with the quickest uh, qualifying lap on, on Friday. Yeah, unfortunately, wasn't able to keep it up at the front as Woon jumped out to the pre-final win. Uh, it was actually a three-driver fight in the main event with Gibson 
joined by and Woon and Gibson joined by uh, Rocco Simone. Uh, it made it a three driver fight. Uh, both all three of them were uh, exchanging position here and there throughout the main event. Uh, and it ended up uh, with Woon able to uh, to grab the victory and uh, score a second on the weekend, edging out uh, Simone at the line by 64 thousandths of a second. Uh, Cameron Marsh are finishing fourth on the Nitro Cart. Parker Ives, as David had said, uh, had good speed, not able to capitalize after the DQ on uh, Saturday, working his way up to 14th on Sunday. He ends up fifth with no issues uh, on in Sunday. Uh, David, no hard charger down here. Do you have that written down somewhere else? Or? Uh, Bowen Green moved oh, up 22 go. spots on the comp cart, got up to the sixth position. So uh, a good run for Bowen. Again, a, I want to say he's a GoPro regular. Yep. Uh, Gainesville, Georgia. So I want to say he comes up and, uh, and visits GoPro Motorplex every once in a while. You know, Georgia drivers, you know, like Xander, you know, those come, some of those guys move up. <laughs> All right, that wraps things up for our race report, folks. Final break in this edition of the podcast. We come back. David will wrap things up. We'll have a look at the Constructors Championship. And we'll take a quick look at the EKN Trackside Live Race Calendar and find out where we're going to be over the next couple of weeks. Stay with us. We'll wrap things up after this break. In racing, experience is priceless. Franklin Motorsports is a leader in the karting industry. With over 50 years of combined karting experience, and we can provide you with everything you need to go racing. With a large online product selection, select track support events, and a wide variety of shop services, Franklin Motorsports is your complete karting source. Check out our online store at www.franklincart.com, where all our products are just a mouse click away. We're constantly adding to the growing product selection on the online store, and we ship daily to ensure products get to you quickly. We specialize in IAMI engines, tilt seats, ceramic products, driveline branded products, Briggs and Stratton engines, OTK products, and of course, the championship winning Merlin chassis. In our online store, you'll find a variety of items to fill your karting needs. Franklin Motorsports is also known for our wide variety of services and is home to innovative engine works by FMS, our in-house engine service department. Frame straightening, cart prep, and dyno testing are all services offered regularly at Franklin Motorsports. For all things karting, visit franklincart.com. The Briggs and Stratton 206 engine is where out-of-the-box ease and outstanding consistency meet to create legendary races. Briggs and Stratton's history of motorsports dates back to when the first engines came off the assembly line in the early 1900s. Their focus on the grassroots level continues to help build generations of racers. Since 2008, the Briggs and Stratton 206 has gained a following that has the engine powering the largest fields in North American karting today. From the club level of track programs to traveling regional series and national events, Briggs and Stratton competition provides the most exciting racing in the sport. Engineered and hand-built exclusively for racing, every Briggs & Stratton 206 engine is power-tested and serialized before it goes in the box. Carters can take that engine straight from the box to their cart and be on the podium at the end of race day. Be sure to follow Briggs & Stratton Racing on Facebook and through at Race Briggs on Instagram. To learn more about the 206 engine or to find the North American dealer near you, head to BriggsRacing.com. Briggs & Stratton Racing what powers you.
Welcome back to episode 95 of the EKN Debrief. Rob Howden alongside David Cole. Let's wrap things up from the USPKS trip to the GoPro Motorplex in Mooresville, North Carolina. David, give us your final thoughts. Wrap things up here. Uh, well, it's too many incidents on Saturday. Uh, it just seemed like there was something, <laughs> something in the air. I don't know what it was, but uh, we saw a number. We saw two red flag incidents. Obviously, we had the one transport. Thankfully, everybody was able to walk away and even return. We had a micro that uh, that went up and over on the front straightaway as well as a driver spun coming out of the last corner and clipped the rear tire. And that sent that cart and driver flying. It looked like it was a MotoGP wreck where the driver just slid the entire front straightaway and then luckily was able to get up and run away. Uh, so he was not hit after uh, uh, eject, getting ejected from the cart. Um, so I had, to, I had to do a lot of work this week and I picked up probably like five or six carts myself. So I love it. Yep. anytime I have to do that, that means there's too many incidents going on. So, um, so well, yeah. hold on. Let me, let me just comment that. The driver sliding down the uh, the track, and again, folks, I just want to bring this out again. Make sure you have the right safety gear, right? Carding suits are designed for to be abrasion resistance. They're designed for that slide. Don't be wearing Nomex car racing suits, whatever it may be. That's just one of the things that irks me all the time because that is just the way to get yourself in trouble uh, if you're not wearing the right gear. Zachary Clayman DeMello. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or many, any, any, any car racing driver coming back to carts, do not wear your Nomex. Yeah. Simple as that. That's something. Yeah, we did have, I forgot to mention that in the paddock. Uh, I shared it on Instagram. We had William Byron there, uh, yeah, NASCAR driver, was there, uh, you know, getting some laps in, was there all day Thursday. I think he was working with Max Pappas as well under the Orsalon tent, you know, getting some driver coaching in. He actually, quali- he did the qualifying session for, for Sunday, Friday afternoon before he had to leave. And he was, was top 10. Right? He was top 10. He was, That's he was ass. faster than Marnie and Kremers. Wow. He was faster. He was faster than a lot of guys, you know, again, 40 some drivers. And he was 10th in that session. It was just, it was like, a, it I was, was shocked like a, because. Go feels ahead. like a super Nats, feels like a super Nats entry to me, David. Well, you know, the NASCAR schedule, we'll see, we'll see how that works. You know, I, know. I think it's, I think it's a little better with the IndyCar guys, but, uh, but yeah, it was good to see. I think he's more comfortable at the, at the GoPro Motorplex, uh, facility, obviously being his home track, got a lot of laps there, but you know, I'd like to see what he can do at, at, uh, other karting tracks across the country. I would too. That's uh listen, that's just, as we know, that's just amazing pace. Like if you, if you're able to put that kind of pace in, that is absolutely stunning. Uh, well, it's better than New Garden did last year, right? I mean, just just an, just an FYI, David, uh, NASCAR Cup Series, the finale, uh, I believe, is November the 6th, I think. So there's a possibility. This could be interesting. So no Rock Vegas, but. But maybe Super Nats, if indeed it is the week before Thanksgiving again. Giddy up. And we can only hope. And, and we continue right. to pray. <laughs> we continue to, you know, throw throw our pennies in the lucky fountain. That's it. All right. So not as many issues on Sunday, as you said, but uh, great to have uh, William Byron there. Let's talk about the officials, David. What are your thoughts on, I got, you got a note here. It says officials still finding a groove. Yeah. Again, you know, we've had some change, you know, obviously with, um, uh, why is his name throwing me off? I'm missing uh, race director for the series left uh, after Orlando. I can't, why can't I think of it? I can never remember his name. Jason. Anyway, Jason, Jason's gone now. So it's, you know, um, Jason Ludwig. Yep. Um, so now we have uh, Justin Dietrich uh, as the as the race director. So, you know, again, 
first time, this is his first weekend, you know, in that role, you know, where Jason was kind of overseeing and, and working with Justin in Orlando, you know, kind of, you know, again, it's when you're just like, you know, when you're a team, you know, trying to compete, you know, there's also the team that are trying to officiate the race, you know, they, yeah. they got to kind of understand how each other work and, and, you know, what they see and how they interpret things. And I think that's something, again, there are a lot of, a lot of young officials. I think Bobby Radovoy is probably the oldest out of all of them. And he's got to be what in his late twenties, maybe, maybe early thirties. Wow, I want to say late, I want to say late twenties. So okay, all the race, all the assistant race directors, all, all of them that are there are on track watching the action. They're all very young. So I, I think they're, they're all still, you know, trying to understand, you know, how to be a, a race director, but also how to work together as well too. So, um, so again, when you, when you only do what, you know, USPKS is only four weekends. So again, when you're not doing this over and over again, you, you gotta, you know, quickly get, get to grips with, you know, how each other, you know, interpret things and how they see things. And, and so I think this is kind of a, a rebuilding season for, again, the, the official side of things with the series. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, David, obviously racing in March uh, in the start, start of May, a little bit of a break in the action now for the teams. They're not back on track again to what, to the first week of July, I think, right at Road America. Well, this, for the series, we got a two month break, so we're yeah. not back till July, but even for the team so much, the month of May is almost kind of a, a recharge you know, speaking with them, they're, they're all able to go back home and kind of regroup, you know, clean up, you know, get things back in order and get ready for, for what is going to probably be another busy summer with June, July, August, and September. So, uh, you know, nothing, you know, there is a stars event coming up, but, uh, aside from that, you know, that's most of the Midwest drivers or Midwest teams. So a lot of those West coast teams that have been hauling, you know, to the East for back since back in January, I think this is their time to kind of regroup and, uh, and refocus for the rest of the year. Nice. Uh, let's move into the constructors championship. Now, David, five brands, uh, winning, uh, over the 14 races. Yeah. Not as diverse as what we've yeah. seen, uh, throughout the opening weekends of 2022. So only five different brands, Three of them with OTK, you got Cosmic winning four, Tony Kart winning four, and Red Speed with one. Perlin also picked up four victories as well as they swept both the mini and micro divisions. And then the Will Power Kart uh, as the fifth uh, constructor scoring a victory. Let's have a look at our EKN Trackside Live race calendar to cap off this edition of the Debrief. Uh, this calendar brought to you by uh, Margay Racing. Are you interested in running a kart at one of the biggest karting events in 2022? Do you want to be part of the fastest growing series in the sport? Check out Margay Racing's Spec Ignite class and their Arrive and Drive packages. Nothing matches the affordability and competitive level of the Ignite program. Just one set of tires, national level caliber drivers, where the best driver wins over the best equipment. Bring your safety gear and Margay will take care of the rest. This year's Ignite majors include the Grand Prix of Quincy in June, WK Manufacturers Cup events, and the Rock Island Grand Prix on Labor Day weekend. Plus, there are five Ignite Challenge Series running around the country this season. For more information, please visit ignitecarting.com today. Get off the couch and into a race seat in 2022. Speaking of getting off the couch, David, you and I will be on it for a little bit. At least you will be. I won't be. I'm, I'm, I got a lot of races going on in May. You're pretty much off now until, in terms of going to tracks, until June the 11th, 12th, and 13th. Your next event on the calendar, 
the Supercarts USA Pro Tour Spring Nationals at Utah Motorsports Campus. Sorry, that should be 10, 11, 12. I must have written down the wrong dates there. Uh, yeah, right. so uh, going to be, yep, 10, 10, 11, 12. Yep, just wanted to got correct it. it so I got the right dates in. Uh, yeah, Utah Motorsports Campus, Erta, Utah. That'll be the uh, my first Pro Tour race of the year as I was not able to go to the Winter Nationals because of scheduling conflicts. Yep. And uh, you will not be at the Spring Nationals because of scheduling conflicts. The first ever Pro Tour event that I will miss will be this uh, in the twelve years well, this year. It's at the Spring it's, it's it's like one B. It's well, I did not miss the the NOLA Winter Nationals COVID. So that's like one so A. I did not miss it. I <laughs> we'll just call that one A. And this will be one B. One B. Yeah, I will not be there. You'll be there trackside, of course. Cart Chaser will be there for their coverage. So Xander Clements will take the. The lead chair on that one. I'll be back for the Summer Nationals uh, at uh, Newcastle Motorsports Park. But yeah, June the 10th to the 12th, as David corrected, the Supercarts USA Spring Nationals. He'll be trackside for all the coverage of the event. Make sure to cover that one. And then, David, you and I will be back together again. Our first time being part of the California Rock Championship on June the 24th, 25th, 26th. We're heading back to at least one, one of my favorite tracks, your first time being there. Pat's Acres Racing Complex in Canby, Oregon. Looking forward to it. That's going to be an awesome weekend. You know, it's going to be about racing. That's, you know, again, we always, every, every race trip we go to is always about racing, but I think this one's going to, going to be amped up a little bit more. Again, I, you know, just seen and heard so many things about, you know, Pat's acres and, and, you know, again, now to be able to see it with my own eyes and, and be there and touch the grass yeah. And then maybe see the river flood the track. Don't don't, hopefully that. that won't. Hopefully that won't happen. But at least be able to see. Maybe we'll do. Maybe we'll do a little fishing. Maybe somebody's got a pole. It's you, you are going to love so. it. You're going to love it. One of the uh, iconic racetracks in North American karting for sure. And it'll be our first time to be with Andy Saisman and his crew for the California Rock Championship. As everyone knows, we uh, have been with the Challenge of the Americas for a decade now, covering that. So. Uh, the California Rock Championship getting started in May. Actually, uh, get rolling down at Cal Speed Karting. It'll cap off later in the year at Sonoma. But this is kind of the midway point. And based on a survey for all the people that wanted to be, you know, that, that ran the California Rock Championship last year, they said we want to go to Pat's Acres. Big race last year. We're looking forward to seeing good numbers at that race when we get up to Pat's at the end of June. Otherwise, David, yeah, you're kind of get the month of May to kind of press the reset button, get caught up in all your. Uh, uh, to do lists at home and, and we're back on it again in June. Yeah, no doubt about that. Uh, a lot, yeah. yeah, lots to do here. And then lots, you know, again, lots to kind of, you know, reset. It's been a busy four months with, uh, with the ECAN and, you know, obviously all our trackside coverage and everything else that we're doing. So yeah, it'll be good. It'll be a good kind of reset month and, uh, and get going into uh, hopefully what will be warmer weather here and everywhere else as well. Indeed. Let's cap things off again. Kudos to Mark Coates and the whole crew at the USPKS. Another fantastic weekend. 308 entries for the race at GoPro. Uh, coming off that thought, 323 or whatever it was at the the opening round. Just been a great season. And I'm sure this is going to continue. The USPKS really settling into their position as the, the primary national series on the East Coast, if not nationally. Both Scusa Pro Tour and USPKS. Big numbers and, and great competition at all of their events. Uh, we thank you for tuning into this edition of the debrief. We'll be back again, folks. Look forward to our uh, Outlap podcast for the Supercarts USA Spring Nationals. That'll be coming, or rather, yeah, Spring Nationals. That'll be coming out in early June. Otherwise, lots more to come here on the EKN Radio Network. We'll have a This Week in Karting coming soon as well. 
and a bunch of uh, interviews lined up for the month of May. Stay with us, folks. Uh, we uh, will have lots more here on the EKN Radio Network. But for this one, we're done. On behalf of David Cole, my name's Rob Howden. Bye for now. 